Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this special edition episode of the Iowa Pharmacy Association's What, Why, and How podcast. My name is Seth Brown, and I am the Director of Public Affairs with IPA. It's great to chat with you all today. For this episode, I am joined by the one and only Brett Barker, IPA's Senior Policy Advisor. Hi, Brett. Hi, Seth. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Today, Brett and I are flying solo. Typically, we have guests from the Board of Pharmacy to answer our questions, but we're going stag this time. Uh, we'll be digging into some administrative rules that the Board of Pharmacy did not promulgate, uh, but we have been paying close attention to all summer nonetheless. So, Brett, if you're ready, we'll dig into the Iowa Insurance Division's release of the PBM rules. Sounds great. So, for a little background, during the 2022 legislative session, IPA guided a comprehensive PBM bill through both houses of the legislature, resulting in unanimous passage of the bill. So before we go further, Brett, would you mind walking us through what happened last session, what the final bill did? Absolutely. And I know a lot of our listeners were key to that process. So, you know, we want to thank our grassroots. Number one, we couldn't have gotten this to where we are without the intense grassroots we had. It was pretty unprecedented. Um, going literally to the last minutes of session, um, talking to all the other lobbyists that have been in the lobby for decades. You know, it's unheard of that a policy bill is the last bill of session. It's normally something budgetary or standings. Um, and so the fact that that the legislature could not adjourn without dealing with PBMs was a testament to the pressure that our grassroots put on that. And, you know, obviously we started with a very comprehensive bill. And as things go, stuff got removed throughout throughout the passage. Um, you know, there was even stuff removed there late that evening. And, you know, as we take time to process and look at what's there, you know, we are enthusiastic about some of the wins that we were able to get through last session. So that's really what we wanted to talk about on this podcast, you know, now that we've had time to work through with the bill that did pass. Um, and a lot of really what what passed are uh, things that clean up what what we had previously passed um, back before the all the court cases. So as many of you know, IPA was great about getting PBM reform legislation passed in the 2010s. That got thrown out in court. You all know about the Supreme Court and the Rutledge case. You know, so what we needed to do was undo what we call the Gerhardt case. That was the case that threw out basically IPA's original PBM reform legislation and clean up the the code language so that the current legislation can stand up in court. So that was priority number one, was to was to really clean up the code um, pursuant to those court cases so that the insurance division can again enforce what's what's on the books. They have not been able to enforce things since those court cases. So that that was really a big piece of what what we were focused on. And you know, we did clear that objective by cleaning up the current code. So that that was a big victory. Um, other than that, you know, there are some other provisions we'll talk about as we go, but but priority one was really cleaning up the code so that the the insurance division can again enforce the code. Yeah, thanks for the recap and the summary. Um, you mentioned also that the the bill puts enforcement authority in the hands of the insurance commissioner. Could you explain the rationale there and um, why it's the insurance division and not the board of pharmacy? Yeah, in almost every state, PBM jurisdiction is placed in the hands of the insurance division or the equivalent of the insurance division in that state. And the reason for that is it's very related to health insurance, and so it's kind of a natural fit there. Um, obviously, you know, boards of pharmacy and things like that probably understand a lot of the aspects of PBMs in a different way. 
but um, states do regulate PBMs under generally their insurance uh, oversight authority. And that's again why it's done at the state level because with federalism, insurance and insurance companies are all regulated by the states. So that's why it's um, a very large emphasis on state level legislation for PBM reform. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, let's dig into what the rules do, but we'll start with a little context. Brett, you kind of, you hit on it. So I'll go back to Brett's discussion of PCMA versus Gerhardt. Um, as this case was working its way through the courts, the insurance division was legally barred from collecting data based on the complaints they were receiving from pharmacies. So the courts wanted the insurance division to wait until a decision could be made as to the law's validity. Um, this is important because they never really started back up. And so up until now, the insurance division has not had much of a window into the PBM industry, at least from pharmacies perspective. So with the release of these rules, the division will have the ability to collect data again and analyze complaint, appeal, and independent third-party review information from pharmacies across the state. Specifically, PBMs will re be required to establish an internal system that collects these metrics, you know, related to complaints, appeals, and independent third-party review requests from pharmacies. The rules require PBMs to report this information directly to the commissioner through a quarterly complaint summary. And so the division will then have access to several data points submitted through this quarterly report, which they can use to do things such as adjudicate PBM compliance with the bill, analyze the PBM's decision, um, and impose penalties if the decisions aren't appropriate. And so for a little more specificity, the big ad here is that PBMs must record their justification for why they came to their, their appeal decision and they must point to the specific section and language of the contract or the provider manual used in making that decision. Uh, additionally, the commissioner will be able to view the reasons submitted by the pharmacy and any factual documentation submitted to support the complaint. And lastly, in this bit, the PBM must provide documentation that proves they adhered to the MAC list provisions of the bill. So PBMs must convince the commissioner that the prescription drug in question is not obsolete or unavailable, it's available for purchase from a national or a regional wholesaler in the state, among other things. So they must show that they're also show that they're updating their MAC list within seven days of changing the methodology or of an increase of 10% um, pharmacy acquisition cost or more. So I, I just wanna emphasize that the division has broad authority under the bill to impose penalties for any unfair business practices so by analyzing the information gained from these complaints, the commissioner will be able to say whether the PBM's complaint determination was fair and whether it meets the standards of the bill. And obviously, after several years of not collecting this data, hopefully the PBMs will feel a little bit of pressure again. And I'll just add also that the in our meetings with Commissioner Oman, we have been very encouraged with his eagerness to regulate. The vision seems uh, knowledgeable about the process, and we feel that they know what to look for. And additionally, the division has hired two new support staff whose sole job is to analyze the data collected. So we are optimistic. And as mentioned, if the PBM does not prove to the commissioner that they provided the necessary information, he can take action, which the enforcement mechanisms under this bill are, are a little more broad. So with all this being said, it will be very critical for pharmacies to submit complaints and document PBM abuses. 
The division has created an online complaint form that will go directly to the Iowa Insurance Division staff for their review. And so we'll provide that link to the form and uh, create resource materials that help pharmacies in this process. So Brett, what do you think about these rules and the information the commissioner will have access to? Is there anything else in these rules that will go into effect uh, January 1? What's uh, What are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, I do think this is a step forward. I think it's a good step forward for a lot of the things you talked about. I think um, pharmacies will want to watch communication from IPA because we'll be putting out more information about how to uh, submit complaints, which Seth talked about the importance of that. A lot of it's not going to be spelled out in major intricate detail and rules. So a lot of it's going to be based on the interpretation of the department when they receive a complaint. And obviously, the more complaints they get in a certain area, the more likely they're going to be to maybe promulgate more descriptive rules if they're seeing a lot of complaints about a certain issue. So that complaint process is going to be very, very important to the division's ability to enforce these uh, the 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 bill that we pushed through last session. So um, another big thing in there, you know, you, we talked a lot about the transparency reporting enforcement pieces. Um, one thing in there that is more substantive to pharmacies is the legislature did have in code that uh, PBMs are not able to take both direct and indirect fees back from pharmacies. And so the language from that is intended to prevent clawbacks and in there or whatever else, whatever other terminology you want to use for clawbacks. So that's something that, you know, there are clawbacks from patients, there are clawbacks from pharmacies and the legislature intended to put a stop to those. So the the division did go a little bit deeper with some language surrounding that that says a pharmacy benefits manager shall not retroactively reduce or increase reimbursement through adjustment adjustment or reconciliation or any other means of a clean claim paid to pharmacies. So that means they're not supposed to go back and do some sort of reconciliation and take take more money. Um, if uh, that starts happening, pharmacies need to complain. And again, it goes back to what we just talked about about in the process. But um, that that's an important piece. It does say or increase reimbursement. We all know the chance of a PBM going back and retroactively <laughs> increasing your reimbursement um, is fairly minimal. So, um, but that was something that that they the division wanted to be fair and put they couldn't if they couldn't can't reduce it they wanted to put they can't increase it either. So that's where that terminology came from. Um, you know, Seth will talk more about um, the ability to submit comments to these rules and you know as you read them if you have have things you want to reinforce that you think are good changes or, or places you think need to be changed, um, they're going to be looking for comments from uh, licensees in the public. Yeah, thanks, Brett. And as you mentioned, this whole process is very dependent on IID's intentions, um, which we think, you know, they're in the right spot. They've been really willing to work with us, so we are uh, optimistic to see where these go. So I'll just talk a bit about the uh, the regulatory process. The division chose a, a unique process to release these rules. So IAD will be using a process known by the Administrative Rules Review Committee, or ARC, as uh, double barreling. This means that the initial set of rules we just explained were uh, adopted and filed emergency. So those were filed upon release and will be effective at the start of the next year. So January 1, 2023 are when these rules will be in place. And at the same time, the division also issued a notice of intended action along with the emergency rules that will go through the normal rulemaking process, which will take several months. And this allows IPA and the public to submit comments and provide 
public testimony on the rules and uh, maybe make some changes that that we'd like to see in there that weren't in the original draft. And so in addition to this double barrel process, there's also going to be another set of rules related to the PBM bill that will go through the normal uh, regulatory process. This portion is focused on the information collected and reported for the annual report, um, which will be publicly disclosed and allow for everyone to see what the PBMs are doing, especially as it relates to rebate information. So um, IPA plans to provide comments on these. And uh, Brad, if you just want to kind of touch on, you know, what what do we expect in that annual report and what does that look like? Yeah, one thing we heard a lot from the Senate was they wanted more data collected so they could make better decisions and have more transparency. So a lot of the comments that IPA has submitted to the division, a lot of the suggestions that that were submitted to the division were a lot of them were put in the annual report section of the rules because that was just a natural place to do data collection. So um, we're really eager and interested to see what gets included in the, those draft rules because that was a focus of a lot of the, the, the data points we suggested might be relevant to legislators. Um, so yeah, we're, we're eager, waiting for that. Um, obviously, we're about to start another legislative session. I was just looking today at an email that had the date in there, and I'm like, man, it's here already. <laughs> can't, can't believe it. So um, that obviously, you know, there's a lot more that can be done on PBMs in general. Um, from my perspective, priority number one needs to be really buttoning up the victory we got last year and making sure um, that we work it all the way through the rulemaking process. Um, if there are places that there's a lot of pushback, um, from the, the PBM industry, the legislature might have to reinforce some things in code um, to, to clean up some language to make sure the division really has the authority that we thought they were given last session. So there's a lot of moving parts as we approach this session uh, that we'll keep an, keep an eye on. Um, and yeah, I'm sure PBMs in some capacity will be a topic. Um, we just don't know what that may look like. But again, a lot of it will come down to, to making sure we really button up the rulemaking process. Um, it's obviously not a super quick process, but we do have the, the emergency rules that, that are in effect. Um, there might be some tweaks based on feedback in the double barrel process and then the annual report section. And then we'll see if there's additional legislation that's needed um, surrounding these these things as the rulemaking process completes. Yeah, definitely the fight's not over yet. Um... So IPA is going to continue to provide resources and updates to members as we traverse the regulatory process. And, you know, again, we think the commissioner's ability to collect this data again is a welcome sign, uh, but we need to keep fighting for more. And so we'll definitely be looking to our members to to help us out on that front. Brett, is there anything else to add in the rules or the whole process that that you'd like to touch on? I don't think so. I think that was a, a pretty good summary of where we are. Obviously, you know, again, thanking our grassroots for that. You know, we'll keep you updated as we get into session, see where things are going once we know for sure what that may look like. Um, a lot of it, like I said, comes down to a lot of the the administrative rules process is going to be happening concurrent with session, which does make it a little bit messier to figure out what type of legislation may be maybe needed or desired by stakeholders. So um, yeah, I, I think the big thing is for everybody to really realize um, the positive steps that we made. You know, a lot of states really have looked to our bill as being very positive. And so it makes us take a step back and go, you know, we really did accomplish some things because I mean, to be honest, you know, after leaving late that night, 
starting with where we started in the bill, you know, I, I was pretty frustrated by just the way the process works. And, you know, unfortunately, that's the legislative process. It's a messy process. You never get everything you want. Um, so it's been helpful to really take a step back and, and really analyze where we are and where we can go and work with the, the insurance division um, on this rulemaking. Yep, you definitely want to pull your hair out after the legislative session, but uh, we did walk away with something pretty good here, we think. So we're we're looking forward to the future and being able to to really get some meaningful stuff done here. And we're, we're excited that these rules are finally out. Um, if you have nothing else, I think we'll call it a podcast. Thank you, Brett, for helping explain the Iowa Insurance Division's PBM rules. And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us on the What, Why, and How podcast. We hope you join us on the next episode. Have a good one.